You're listening to the Hello CS Dorsey podcast, your one-stop shop for all things motivating while on your entrepreneur journey. Feeling stuck in your business or don't know where to start? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Listen to some of the leading women in today's industry who have been there before to help guide you on your path. Now, here's your host and self-taught web designer, CS Dorsey. Welcome to another episode of the Hello CS Dorsey podcast. I have Marilyn Willis on the show today. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me, Candice. Oh, you're welcome. So could you tell everyone about yourself and what you do? Yes. And first, I just want to say that I've listened to several of your other ladies that have been on here and so inspiring hearing where people have started and where they're at now. So thank you for doing this. Oh, thank you so much. That's yes. Here. It is. It's really, I loved the, the stories. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, yes. Um, so I'm Marilyn Willis, and um, each of us have faced loss in our lives, and especially currently with this COVID situation. And what I do is I help people that are survivors of loss due to um, loss of a loved one to survive and then thrive again in their restored lives. And I take them through a journey of being able to tell their story, kind of what you do here, and allow them space to reflect on their loss and give principles that um, give them practical ways, like a map, a roadmap, to work through their loss in their own timing in a unique way. All right. So could you tell uh, something about yourself that a lot of people don't know? Sure. Yep. So um, I know a lot of us during this time have our kids around while we're working. And I'm actually a stay-at-home mom in addition to being a counselor and author. And so I'm often juggling having my my little kiddos at my feet who are um, newly three and five years old. But I'm so blessed to be able to spend time with them in the midst of being an entrepreneur. So that's probably something that my clients and uh, people that I work with don't know. So do you work your, um, your job at home or do you have another job? Do you have another nine to five or are you just full on onboard entrepreneur? Um, I have a, a client um, office where I see clients, but a lot of the work I do with grief groups is in the evenings. Um, or podcasts. And so um, my husband is able to take the kids, you know, in the evenings when I have events and um, I work from home and otherwise, but I do have an office that I go to in the evenings. So let me ask you this. (laughs) Completely (laughs) different from the questions I have. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what did you do before you was a, a sort of a grief coach? Sure. So I'm actually a licensed counselor. Um, and before I was in sales. So, you know, I think that all of us have to have sales experience um, in order to do any kind of work to get our name out there. And I used to sell property and casualty insurance to business owners. So, yeah, that's something probably also my clients don't know about me. <laughs> Hats off to you because selling is not my sweet spot. <laughs> oh, but you have people skills and that's, that's what it's all about, right? That's true. That's true. Uh, so funny that we're, we're talking about that uh, on this episode because the previous episode that I did um, just a couple of days ago, um, the guest that I had and we talked about sales and I said, um, you know, I'm the type of person like I can sell you free all day long. But then when right. it comes to a dollar amount, I'm like, 
yeah, I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) Well, and it's probably because your heart is to want to give it to them for free. Right. And so then when you get to the money, it's like, well, I'd really just like you to have it. (laughs) Yeah. Because you know, my main concern is I want to know, I'm always, I'm always, my heart is with people and I want to make sure that this is not going to be a burden on them or this isn't going to be a hardship or, you know, am I taking away from, you know, their PG&E or a bill that they need to pay? I'm always thinking along those lines, especially where I live. I live in California and everything is just so high. So I base my thinking around how people live here in California in today. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I should price that at that point because I may be taken away from someone's, you know, uh, their uh, a bill that they need to pay or something like that. But you know, I really do have to get out of that that sort of mindset. <laughs> oh, it's so hard though because uh, I know even in the mental health community, I often face that question. You know, I want everyone, which is why, and we are going to talk about this later, but which is why I wrote restored the workbook. Because I've seen so many people and seen the power of community and being able to join my grief groups. But if you don't have the finances or the time or being able to leave your home, I want everyone to be able to have the help that they need. And I love your podcast for that reason, because you can get sponsorships from other people, but you can also influence people and have this platform to help people for free and we can all listen and and enjoy your show so that's amazing that you found that way to give your services really you made my day I tell you I'm gonna have a wonderful weekend after this (laughs) thank you so much where where in California are you I'm also in California oh really I'm over here I'm here in the Bay Area Oh, wow. Oh, man. Being isolated in your home in the Bay Area, I can't even, do you have neighbors real close? Yes. So I'm actually in Fairfield. So I'm, I'm in between Sacramento and uh, San Francisco. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's right there. I'm, I'm from Oakland. So my family is, is in Oakland and it's just a a short drive to, to get down there. But, uh, I mean, honestly, to be honest with you, I am, I'm an introvert and an extrovert, so I can go both ways, however, you know, things go. But um, I was telling my mom, I said, um, when they started the social distancing, I said, they stole that from us because, (laughs) I said, because we invented social distancing, me and my mom, because we love being at home. We love being in the house. So this is a treat for us. I, I love it so much. I do have my days where I'm like, I need to get out. I need to get out. And I do that once a week to go to the office because I work for a financial institution. Um, just to go to the office just for a half day, just to make me feel like, you know, I, I'm an adult. And, you know, <laughs> but other than uh, that, uh, I love my fuzzy socks and I love my stretch pants to wear to work. So <laughs> I'm enjoying aw, myself. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. I think of so many moms that I know know um you know because when you're a mom you have other mom friends and they are trying to work because now they don't have child care and their kids well and I just I said two minutes ago that I have my kids running around while I'm trying to work all the time but to have clients calling you and things you need to get done and you're needing to care for your little people I can't imagine for those of us that have that situation right now I think that's the group that probably is is struggling the most you know with right. this stay at home situation. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to pivot a little bit and I'm going to sure. ask, 
how did you set your business up? So what was it like putting the pieces together to get started with your business? Sure. So I actually used to work for a hospice and I would, I had to create my own curriculum. Um, A lot of hospices, and just for those of us that don't know, hospices um, come in at the end of life when people have six months or left to live. And we um, give uh, services to people in their homes. So, you know, CNA care, nurse visits, social workers, and I was the bereavement coordinator. So Sometimes I would step in early to help the family that had needs during that time or after the loss, I would step in to help. So during that time, I developed a bereavement program because I, I felt like there were there's so many gaps and there was not really a curriculum that you could work through. And after I developed that program, I then I had children and um, life got a little messy. So I, I actually just because of needing to step away and wanting to be with my family, my business kind of stemmed out of that. And I started a private practice for counseling. And I was able to then provide the grief groups for my hospice. And I got the best of all worlds because I got to still see my clients and still do my groups, but I could also be with my family. So mine stemmed kind of a, a longing to continue to help the population I felt called to. Um, but not wanting to work so many hours. I, I don't, it, does that answer your question? Yes, it does. So okay. how was the, the shift and how, because I want people to get an understanding of, you know, when you start something, it's not going to flourish tomorrow. And right. things take time, things take years. And I'm speaking for myself when I'm saying this, so I'm sort of co- coaching myself. But right. <laughs> I'm always the type of person like, I wanted it yesterday, you know, you know, on um, Willy Wonka, how Veruca Salt says, you know, how she's like, I want it now. But, (laughs) but um, I want people to understand that these things take time. And it may take months, it may take years, it may even take five years to get to that point where you can say, okay, I'm at the point where I want to be. And I want you to talk about that a little bit. Hmm. I, so all of business, I believe stems from who we know and we all know someone, even if it's just our immediate family, we know them. And so we all have to gain these cheerleaders in our life. And this is personally, this is professionally, we need cheerleaders. And so I guess the first place you go is you tell people, you start writing out your ideas for your business and you write it all down and you say, what is it that I want to change in the world? What problem is out there that needs attention that I have a passion for? And for me, I'll just use my own example. um, That was people that experienced loss. And so you start writing out what would, if I was a survivor of loss, what would I need to succeed? And you create a plan. Then you go and you get these people in your life that you look up to that have shepherded you and you tell them your idea and you say, here's my idea. I need your support. Pray with me, Um, whether it's prayer or finances or just getting the word out or giving you some affirmation for your idea, being your cheerleader. And then I am a big proponent of you give, 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 and then you ask. So for me, I actually created a YouTube channel And I created a Facebook um, group for survivors of loss and I gave away content for free. And I said, here, I want to educate you. I'm, I'm educated, 
right? And I'm blessed to be able to have gone back to school and get a master's degree in counseling and then um, work a, at a hospice. And, and so I feel like we're all gifted in a certain area. And so I want to give back to you, just as we were saying before with your podcast, the way you give back. So you give, give, give in these different platforms, and then you ask. And I created the curriculum it, with the same goal of kind of giving away content. You know, for $30, you can get therapist guidance in my book versus having to come see me for $100 an hour. I basically am giving people, you know, in my book, the platform that I use with my clients and then after they see the value that you are giving then and so it's a lot of building you have to build up your brand and then people will come to you and it's you don't think that people will eventually come but they do because they see the gift that you have given and they see the value you bring and then they flock and they say i want that help i want that change and they want to support you you know, they buy five copies of your book and they say, I'm going to give this to all of my friends because you've been helping me for a year in this group with all this free information. And now I want to support you in what you're doing. Um, so it's a lot of building supporters and giving away at first. And then as you grow your brand, people will then want to invest in you and, and send people to you. And then I think to the, the ability to change with the times. So for instance, I mean, this is the prime example where here we can't, I can't go to my office and see clients. And so being able to adapt to teletherapy or starting a podcast because now I can't, you know, just different ways of engaging with your audience. And I think we have to, as business owners, always be ready to adapt to what the situation that our society is in, to the situation that our clients are in, and be able to bring information that is applicable to their current lives. So I would say those are my, the big things. Oh, and then one other thing I do want to add, my grandmother taught me early on that many opportunities present themselves and you have to run with the opportunity that's in front of you. And very quickly, you'll find out if that is where you're supposed to be. And if not, it will morph into something else. And I have to say, I did YouTube for a while and I probably did 30 episodes. And I just, and I, you know, and you are dedicated to spend the time and the effort to do those things, but it was not for me. <laughs> I like engaging kind of like with you, Candace, it's more fun to talk with someone. It is. So yeah, it's just totally more fun. So anyway, I think we all have to try things in order to know something about ourselves. And if we never try, then we'll never have the opportunity to be able to find our path. So be okay with failure and know that that is making you stronger for the next thing. I really love this. And one thing I want to ask is we all start somewhere. And when we start somewhere, we kind of, it's hard for us to continue on or it's hard for us to stay consistent with it. Because like I stated earlier, when we start and then we start to see nothing happen and we're like, oh, you know, it's, it's a failure, it's a flop. What advice could you give to those out there on how to stay consistent, even if you have that one person that's just that's listening to all your content and you know, for maybe about a year or a couple of months, but 
um, what advice could you give to those out there to to basically keep them encouraged and you know to continue on and to and to move forward even though you can't see you know it, it's hard to see because you only have maybe one follower but what advice can you give to those out there I think probably one of the most important things we can do, going back to the first thing I said, is gain those cheerleaders. I think sometimes those cheerleaders come within our family, but as we grow in YouTube or in our podcast or in our counseling profession, whatever the field, there are going to be people alongside of us that we can spur on with us. And I think the conversations that have helped me the most come from some dear friends that I have that I met in my master's program that were counselors as well. And, you know, one of the hardest things I ever did was writing and finishing my book. I think what you do is you schedule it in, you make sure, okay, every day, if there's something that is that important that you know you need to do, you make it a first priority. You wake up at five in the morning before your kids are awake so that you can spend time writing. And you make sure you have that on your schedule at least five days a week and you make it happen. And you just are consistent. And even if nothing comes of it that morning, know that you setting that time aside is formulating those thoughts or the new curriculum or the new podcast adventure that you're wanting to take your clients on. I think part of it is making sure it's in your schedule. The second part is collaborating. And what makes us better is being with linking arms with other people that are within our profession. And I know this sounds counterintuitive because a lot of us think like, well, that's my competition, right? Like my friend maybe has a private practice and she's a counselor as well. So really, you know, should I be linking arms? I'm saying yes, because we are more powerful together and we're going to reach different people. Different people want to see my friend that has great experience with helping people with eating disorders or depression and my field is grief, right? And so I'm going to link arms with her and we're going to share. I shared my book with her and I said, okay, here, here it is. And she was able to give me insights and help me along my journey and I'm able to spur her on. So I think a lot of it is finding that support network to spur us all on to be better. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I completely agree. Having that support network, that is so, that's very important having an accountability partner as well. Even if it's, you know, someone you maybe met in the Facebook group, it's always good to have that. And I'm finding out this year that this is the first year ever <laughs> that I've had an accountability partner that I meet with every week. And I have a health coach. Well, my health coach, she doesn't just coach me on, you know, eating right and taking, right. I take my vitamins, but she's also like a mindset coach as well. Cause we talk mainly about my business and she helped me through those things and to hold me accountable on those things. And I cannot tell you how much that has helped so much coming from a person that's like, nope, I can do it on my own. I don't need nobody help. But this year I was like, maybe I do need some help. <laughs> wow. Good for you for but, taking that step. That's yeah, hard. Yeah. So it's, it has been, I've been able to accomplish more 
these first couple of months in this year than I have been able to accomplish in a year on my own. So it definitely, it definitely helps. And I highly recommend having a accountability partner or some form of coach to help you through those things. And I've always been the person to be like, nope, nope, don't want it. No. <laughs> and now I'm like advocating for it. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, and it, it is easy. It's easier to not be alongside people. Isn't it? Because we, right. we can just kind of do our own thing at our own pace. And, oh, then, you know, maybe I don't have the accountability then that I have to not eat that donut that I want or whatever. But if we really want to become better at our craft, right. whatever that is, we need each other. And so it, it is hard because we're being sanctified. Just That's like with true. our walk in the Lord, right? We have That's to right. be a part of community. It's easy to live the way that, gosh, when we're left to our own devices, it's easy to do what we want to do. But when we're in community, it points out things in us that need to change. So that is hard, but there's a lot of reward that comes from that. That's the truth. So let's talk about your book. <laughs> sure. Could you tell everyone about your book and also... Where can they find it? Sure. Yep. My book is available anywhere that books are sold. It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble. It's, it's everywhere. And it's also Kindle edition and it's on paperback. Basically, I wrote down the curriculum that I was using in my bereavement groups so that people that could not make it, as we discussed earlier in this podcast, due to finances, due to just being too depressed, to a grief group, they could find the help they needed. And it's designed in a way to where the grief group experience, where the support from everyone else um, that you're needing at that moment is brought to you. So I have stories in there of the different ways that different people work through loss. And I have resilient survivor stories of um, I have my own story, but then also five people that I know that have made it through difficult losses, such as the loss of a child at a young age, um, loss of pregnancy later on in the pregnancy, loss of a spouse, loss of a brother at a young age. So these different stories are there to spur us on to be more. And I guess you can tell, I think every person has has their calling in life, and I'm finding out more and more that Mine is about how connection always spurs us on to be more. And that's what the book is. It's to bring connection to you with illustrations, real life examples, suggested exercises, reflection questions to help make the complicated world of grief make sense and highlight the journey to healing ahead. Um, it's endorsed by several grief experts, um, president of the board of Kauai Hospice, people that have developed footsteps, hospital bereavement program, people at the Navigators, even the executive director of Coca-Cola. So it's, I feel like the, the book has been read by a lot of prominent people that have said, yes, this has helped me and will help you. And it's also a number one hit bestseller on Amazon on six different categories. So it's doing really well. And I'm really excited just that not so much about the sales, but that the word is getting out there that it's able to help people become restored in their life. And you can find it, like I said, on Amazon. I also have a website. Um, it's called Good Morning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, with Marilyn.com. And you can find more information about it on there. 
Awesome. And we're going to include all the links to your book and where to find you in the show notes. So is there any last minute advice you have for our listeners out there? Um, I, if I do have a minute more, I recently wrote a blog posting because I think the situation that we're in right now with COVID-19, it's as a grief counselor, I see it through the lens of, gosh, we have a loss of freedom that our whole country and our world are going through right now. And not only a loss of freedom for many of us, but also loss of life. There are five principles in my book that I believe help in any situation. And so if it's okay with you, Candace, I'll just go through them very briefly. It'll take me two minutes. Um, (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I, I, you know, I don't want to go off topic, but so tip one, we need to reestablish order. And for each of us, that means we need a daily routine. And I know this sounds basic, but a, a simple daily routine keeps us on task and helps us to remember that, okay, this day has purpose. Even if I'm stuck in my home, even if I have loved ones that are sick, it helps our life to feel more in order and not so out of in chaos. Um, step two, we need the ability to express our emotions. First, we have to recognize that the situation we're in is bringing up a bunch of feelings within us. We have to recognize those feelings and find different ways to express the feelings. Because if we don't express what's going on on the inside, it will manifest itself in different ways. And we will start to have breakdowns of our body, of our mind, of our spiritual uh, walk with, with Jesus. And so we need to find different ways to cast these cares on the Lord and find out what's going on inside of us. Journaling, I can't tell you how much research is done on journaling and how just getting your thoughts on paper almost releases it for you in your brain, neurologically. And so try journaling, try getting those things out. And then remembering our foundation, tip three, dive into who you were before this loss of freedom, before the loss of life that may be happening around you. Start meditating on the good and the foundation that you come from. Flood yourself with it. Listen to music that inspires you. Like right now I'm having a cup of tea because it inspires me. Even though I'm stuck here in my home, you know, I can still enjoy something. And so find those things and dive into them right now. And then tip four, renew your identity from a new perspective. Just try to remember that we need to create purpose within this home time. And sometimes it can feel very much like, well, I might as well just sit here and watch TV. You know, I have nothing else to do. But the best thing we can do is lean into the situation we're in, create small goals that we can work towards during this time. And, and like I said, early on in this podcast, schedule those small goals into our day so that each day we're just accomplishing a little bit. We're not going to be able to run a marathon, right? Like you can't run a marathon in one time. In fact, I actually laughed. My husband last week, he said, you know, he's a, he actually had been planning to do these huge bike races. He loves to ride up mountains, literal mountains, 15,000 feet and 150 miles. He's a big bike rider. And so he's been training for this race and then it got canceled. And so he was like goalless. What am I going to do? So he decided he was going to go run a marathon. And I laughed because I'm a runner and I was like, no, there's no way you're a biker, but you're not a runner, (laughs) you know? And he's like, I'm going to just go run and see how far I can go. 
and he made it five miles. I just was laughing because here this like amazing athlete, right? That can ride up mountains. (laughs) (laughs) And he made it five miles and he was sore for like five days. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but so with, with everything in life and especially right now, it just, it takes just small steps. And I think sometimes we try to do too much too quickly and then we get burnt out. Um, And so I think a large part of it is just schedule 30 minutes and do just 30 minutes. If that's all you can do for your work that day, at least you're getting something done. And you'll be surprised that within 30 days, if you do 30 minutes a day and you haven't been doing anything, you may have a whole chapter written of your book. You may have five new clients because you've actually done something on your website, right? So just a small bit of work can go a long way. And then my, my last little thing for our current situation is find hope for what's ahead. This situation that we're in is not going to be the situation we're in forever. There will be things that change that we'll have to adapt to because of this pandemic or because of the loss of life that is happening around us. But we can still hope for the future. And I recommend writing down 10 things, 10 goals, if you will, after COVID is over that you want to accomplish and paste it up somewhere. And every day reflect on the 10 things and have hope for those things, have hope for your future. Pray for those things and pray for our country and the health of everybody. And then let it go and go back to the tip four that I just talked to you about, about 30 minutes on your one goal and living your life currently. So I guess that's the, in our current situation, those are the things that I have seen help people. This is really good information. You should definitely see my uh, notes that I have scribbled all over my page here. Yay! <laughs> Yay! And I'm sorry I talked so long. I no, no, no. Long. It's okay. It's okay. I love it so much. I love it. This is awesome. So um, we are going to link the all the links that you mentioned on today. We're going to link those in the show notes and uh, so everyone can find you. Well, Marilyn, I'm so happy that you uh, came on the podcast today and um, good to finally, I don't want to say meet you, but it's good to finally hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me and thank you for inspiring us all with all these amazing women. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Remember to subscribe to get the latest episodes and more. Head over to hellocsdorsey.com to subscribe. And remember, nothing is impossible. So make the impossible possible and take action today. We'll see you next time.